Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about crystal hearts, a flask of goat's milk, and I'm guessing a spider on Granny's head, because that's all I could see when I was looking at the wolf evil Granny. She had a spider on her head. Got a spider. It's a spider. It's an evil spider, probably an original dark one. Oh my gosh. It's, this, is, this is the evil spider. We saw Before it. the dark boar. We saw it. It's happened. We found it. We found it. We've cracked the code, everybody. It took us this whole time. It took us six and a half years, but we made it. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Uh, frankly, Beth, I'm being baffled by the full circleness of everything that we're doing today. This is the last episode that we have not podcasted about already. Yeah. Um, I will be excited to podcast about ones that I missed for maternity leave. Uh, but yeah, I've got my, got my stuff. And I told you before we started recording the headphones I bought to originally start recording this podcast way back when, uh, broke literally right before you called. So they've decided that they're done. <laughs> they've done their time. <laughs> they've done the whole season of once upon her show of once upon a time. And they have quit. They didn't quite quit. They just full left. They just full left. But they just we're not left. going anywhere. No. We're going to keep this train rolling. But not before we talk about season four, episodes 22 and 23 Operation Mongoose. This was a two-part episode that aired on May 10th, 2015. It was written by uh, the showrunners Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, uh, directed two directors, Romeo Tyrone and Ralph Hemmicker, which are, they are seasoned veterans of Once Upon a Time. This was the A-game because they wanted this to be a two-hour movie experience. And for its flaws, and there are flaws... They succeeded in what they wanted to accomplish. This felt like a cinematic experience. It did. I know I was looking around for some information, and we'll get to it later, but uh, I was on the wiki page, and they were talking about how they wanted to have Jiminy Cricket, mm-hmm. but they couldn't because of budget. And I read that before we I got really far into the episode, and I went, oh, this makes sense. And it really just solidifies my point that they should have done the Game of Thrones, Westworld, whatever. I know this wasn't a, a thing at the time, but like, just take all of the money and make 10 episodes instead of stretching your money out for 23. Because when they did this, this ruled. For the flaws, you almost don't get them as much because it's so cool. 
Yes, it this this episode, this two part episode, even when you split it apart, it takes you on a journey. There are a lot of places that you go to. I love all the Isaac stuff. I cannot wait to talk about everything with Isaac's story in this episode. But you've got money. You've got an ogre that actually looks like an ogre for the first time. <laughs> he doesn't hit the ground great, but I love no. it. <laughs> and you've got just, yeah, you've got some really great special effects. You've got some awesome locations and some great costumes. And you've got this perfectly childlike empress of evil in Queen Snow White. And I just needed to get out the gate and just say how much I loved every scene she was in as evil Snow White. I freaking loved it. I I loved every single thing about evil Snow. I mean, top to bottom. The way that she played it didn't even seem like sometimes it seems a little forced like when Regina's being good you can tell that Lana's trying to like dial down her like um I don't even know what the word for it is but she's got a presence and so like she's trying to seem a little bit more innocent it's a little harder for her to do that but boy Jennifer absolutely just leaned into being as evil as possible and had her emo boyfriend with her and I loved him I loved his eyeliner (laughs) Her, her, her emo sub boyfriend. This was this was the, the the placeholder. Yeah, the other one. I did like that they kind of hand waved it a little bit, being like, "Oh, this." And I was a child, and I was wondering if it was implied that Snow was now older, kind of situation. Like, because the, yeah. obviously they've got, and they never explored that. It was just like, "Oh, it's this." Let's bring up the twin thing again. I like this. I liked it a lot. I think I think the episode would have been absolutely perfect if at no point someone said the words light one. <laughs> like I could almost forgive just about anything, but there was just like, but you're the light one. Who can no, dark one, I get. It's the dark one. It's the dark one. We get that. The light one. Yeah, no, he's the ogre slayer. Just call him that. It's fine. Yeah. It's way better. I get that we're trying to do a thing, but like that one, that one was a little lazy and maybe we can blame Isaac on that. We can. I mean, his, clearly his writing is not the best. Any, any problems in the story of this episode, we can just blame on Isaac. We're just going to blame purely on Isaac because you're right. I'm also like obsessed with everything about Isaac's story because, Mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned it before, but just like, I feel like I've met this guy. A couple mm. of times. You know what I mean? Like, if you've known some writers, you, I think you've already you've met someone kind of like this before. Yep. And it was just one of those, this is, it's, this is real life. They're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we dive into this extra long special two-part episode, I wanted to actually start by thanking our patrons uh, right at the top. Because normally we do it at the end. I want to do it now because... You guys have been with us for now, some of you, for the entire series. Some have come along later, and all of you are wonderful and amazing and appreciated. All of our listeners are, but, you know, our patrons help keep the lights on, help keep us uh, uploading things. And I wanted to give a, uh, a special shout out to our Swan Queen level patrons, uh, all of you guys, because you're all amazing. We've got Lindsay Halleck, Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Ryan Gregoricus, Zach Chobanoff, Ashley Buschetta, Brian Sanina, Cecile Jenny, La Femme Fictionale, Rachel Zucker, and Samantha Hussle. Thank to all of you. 
and all of our patrons for staying with us for as long as you have and going on this full circle journey with us and continuing back into where we started. Everybody, you the patrons, top to bottom, everyone that messages us because I get some of the most... I get some of the my favorite responses from some of you just just out of nowhere on Twitter, and they're absolutely fantastic. The Facebook group is great. I love that we have our little community, and yes. you guys are wonderful. And thank you for. I'm gonna I'm gonna get. I don't know if I don't think I'm gonna get emotional for this episode. I'm gonna get so weird next week, <laughs> or whatever week we do the first first episode of season five. Because I'm gonna be like, remember we barely knew each other. And we were doing this and we were both terrible at this. Uh. <laughs> now we're here. Powerhouses of the industry. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfection. We've got notes. We're ready to go. Yes. Ignore that I'm carrying a Christmas cup. I have my life together. It's fine. Well, we're going to start back in a time in December 1966. That date is very significant for a reason we'll get into in a little while. We start with, we see these this knight riding through a field. But it's a TV show in the 1960s called Knights of Valor. I don't know if this is a reference to anything. I don't. I didn't pick up on anything. Um, I'm just guessing it's just they wanted a medieval night show. And this is the medieval night show they filled it in. Because uh, there's a couple who's shopping for a television set. And they're like, the husband's like, we need color. It's kind of expensive. <laughs> this guy's definitely a internet going out of style soon, kid. You don't need it. Oh, vibe. this. Yeah, this guy was the worst. I hated him more than the boss because he never let his wife talk. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Seriously. She was there to like, she was the one that wanted the TV and then he was being a dick about it. Well, yeah. And like, so Isaac comes up to them and he like, he just waxes poetic for like 45 minutes about how color television is the epitome of the future of entertainment because it tells our stories and here's what's beautiful about all these stories and blah, 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 blah. I felt like the wife was kind of into it. Like, she seemed like she was engaged enough. I, again, yes, because she's going to be the one that enjoys this television. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be things she enjoys. I do like Isaac's speech because it re- definitely just rang with, like, it, it makes sense as to why he eventually turns. Because his whole thing is like, hey, listen, these people's lives are absolute shit. And you're not going to be able to experience that unless it's in full color. It's like everything sucks and you need to witness it in every color available to 1966 technology. And the guy's just like, where's the clicker? And I love that like Isaac looks like the what? Yeah. What's a what's a clicker? I don't know what that is. Well, lucky for this wonderful couple, Isaac's boss, uh, Hank, shows up. He's got the remote, and he's like, here you go. Uh, Oh, you were in the military? I see your tattoo. I'm in the military. I 100% think he was not in the military. No way. No way. Everything about what he said. No. No. Everything about what he said. And listen, just the way that he looked. There's usually a way, especially, like, I don't think in 1966... Two people would be this jovial, jovial about meeting like fellow veterans. Like it wouldn't be, oh my god, you were in the war. (laughs) Me too. Let's all high five about it. It would have been like you in the war. Yeah, nice. You all right? Yeah. You want TV? Sure. Like it would have, like it would not have been this like great high five, like we did it kind of situation. I feel like. Yeah, and the fact that he he mentioned like, oh yeah, you you, we we heard about you boys. You boys were the best. I'm like, no, you freaking didn't. didn't. You didn't hear about anything 
about I mean, anyone. Maybe he got drafted, uh, or maybe he volunteered, but he was definitely doing uh, desk work. Cause... Oh, 100%. <laughs> that guy was in the back, like, peeling potatoes. And that's yeah. all he did. He peeled potatoes. He was, he was, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about how much this guy wasn't in the army. And I had this same thing. I'm like, I need to not say anything. And then you said it. I was like, oh, good. It was a vibe. <laughs> we both caught no, it. it we, we caught the vibe. Uh, and then he offers to let the guy take the remote for a test drive. I couldn't tell if this was just a joke or or what, because I don't know what that means. Well, like he like pulls Isaac away. So maybe he was just like, here, click through all six channels we have. Yeah. We oh, got okay. All, I got to go yell at this them. guy in the yeah. back for a minute. I'm going to take him in the back while you surf through the channels and bitch about it and the price, even though you super want this television because technology rules. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then he yells at Isaac for a while, tells him he's a bad salesperson. He's like, I hired you because you're a writer and all and, and and gives just a big exposition about Isaac has been submitting to a bunch of publishing companies and he's been getting rejection letters left and right. And he's like, I thought a writer would be able to sell something. You cannot sell shit. And then Isaac goes, well, maybe I can. And he picks up the one letter that's remaining on the table. And it happens to be the one letter that answers all of his questions. I... I laughed because while the boss was dressing him down, being like, you'll never be on the back of a book. I was like, why does he know this much about his like side hobby? And then I realized that Isaac is getting his mail delivered to the Zenith store. Like, what? why are you getting your rejection letters sent to you at the store? So it does make sense that the boss knows about every single rejection you've ever had right. in the universe. Well, he uh, opens up this letter, and um, it's from Star Publishing, and it's uh, dated December 15th, 1966, which is very notable because that is the date that Walt Disney died. And so this, and it's, this whole all takes place in December 1966, which indicates Walt Disney was the previous author. He just died, so a new one must rise to take his place. I don't want to get too much in the weeds about Walt Disney being the previous author because clearly it's just a a way to pay respect to yeah. to to Walt Disney, and I, I get it. But I have to. The whole episode is about Isaac changing stories for personal gain and gaining monetary wealth because of it. Isn't that literally just like what Walt Disney did his entire career? He took all these old um, fairy tales, changed the stories up. And raked in a bunch of money and opened up a theme park and commercialized on it. So I don't understand what Walt Disney did that was different than, I guess Isaac wrote it into existence because he couldn't, he wasn't self-made like Walt Disney. I'm ranting a bit. I was just very, this kind of bewildered me a little bit. Yeah, I, I and I get it. Like I, I ended up doing like a, I ended up in a wormhole on the internet about Disney theories that I will not get into. Um, <laughs> Frozen head. So the first, the, so the other ones, the others, the other stuff that is just like, not great. Uh, but the frozen head one where it's just like, did Walt Disney, did Disney release frozen in order to make sure that when people Googled Walt Disney frozen, they would not get anything about the weird conspiracy about his head being frozen in Disney. They just get awesome uh, musicals, which again, season four. So like it, it was a nice, nice little <laughs> button on this whole thing. So you're right. We're not going to get into it. I just, I, 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 I do think it's kind of funny. Again, like it's a nod. So let's not get too in the weeds. But it's like 
he only stopped being the author once he died. As if, like, up until that moment, like, he's on his deathbed, like, in Snow and Charming, they will always find each other. Why didn't he just, like, get a different time? I don't know. I get it. Just narratively, it's kind of cheap. They should have just been like, oh, yeah, he's he's just older. It's, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I and the fact that the Snow White story that he told is different from the Snow White story that we know indicates that it changed later or maybe time repeats itself and it's a loop. And that is a whole can of words we cannot even get into. But it's there and we're just <laughs> acknowledging it. This episode is going to be long and not because you and I get so far in the weeds. We're talking about string theory. So can't Walt do is- it. Can't do it. Okay, So he goes to this creepy abandoned loft uh, in in uh, in the middle of the cité and uh, the the apprentice is there and he's he's he, the apprentice his outfits in this episode blow my mind because oh he's God. just schlubby old man in every time period I love it so except when he just for no reason for five seconds is wearing a red jacket that looks like one of Emma's and it's fitted like it's just like where did you find that I loved everything but when he came out wearing that while emma was doing her tough girl walk i i laughed out loud it was hysterical to me well the apprentice uh puts a series of pens in front of isaac and isaac wants to talk contracts and blah 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 but he's like no this is holy grail you must choose the right one only one will set you free isaac picks the right one which like of course he's gonna pick the cool looking quill why would he pick a freaking fountain pen? Why would he pick a Bic? Who's going to yeah, want a Bic? I, I, that's always a really funny thing for me about, and it, it does inform us about how A, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, not super great on pick and weeding out writers <laughs> because <laughs> literally anyone would have picked that, been like, oh, I get to pick anything? Well, I'm picking this one because it's going to look good on my desk. As opposed to a regular writer who's like, uh, I don't want to mess around with anything that I'm going to have to ink. Uh, at all because if I'm going to be writing like a bunch of stuff I'm going to take the Bic like the logical choice like you're going to pick somebody who's more pragmatic and it's like wouldn't you want the pragmatic person that's just going to write what they see because it's no the right thing you want is the person who's so pragmatic they don't want to do their job at all and they break the pen (laughs) you you did your job well it's just like this was the promotion And then the apprentice just starts clapping. That was the test. (laughs) Amazing. Right. Well, Isaac picks up the pen, the quill, and the magic happens. Whoosh. And the prophecy has been foretold. He is the next author. The apprentice opens the door to the enchanted forest. Isaac can see it, which is further proof. He is the chosen one, the one they've been looking for all this time. And uh, they head forth into the great unknown and so now we go back to the present day. We're in the Sorcerer's Mansion and we're not having a bit of luck. I loved this opening scene so much because A, you could tell it was one big one of those green screen, blue screen rooms. Like nothing in there except for a couple of the books were real. Uh, but everyone was wearing black clothes. Like, everyone was in fitted black clothes, all of their makeup looked amazing, and it was, they were lit by firelight. Everything about this scene was hysterical. Like, like hysterical to me in a way of being like, where did this come from? Like, from the last previous episodes, and all of a sudden we just get this, like, nice, cozy, disaster movie moment. I loved this. 
Emma's hair looks amazing. She like turns her head to look at Hook at one point. Her whole hair just whoosh. Emma's hair has a moment for both episodes. They are just flipping through blank books. And they can't find anything, shockingly. And just, they're not doing anything. Like, that's the part that frustrated me. They're all mostly just talking and none of them are getting up to do anything. And Regina's just like, this is pointless. I don't know what we're doing. Just waving her hands. <laughs> and then and then Charming says, okay, well, let's leave. Yeah, let's leave. But not before, by the way, uh, uh, Robin walks in. And by the way, my favorite look on a, on a guy is the hoodie underneath like a jacket look. Oh, I'm really? obsessed with it. Oh. I'm obsessed with it. And so it, he like came in. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I think Hook does it at some point too, but it's a very like early 2000s. Like, I think it's coming back too. I saw like some people wearing them. I'm like, oh, my time. It's back this fashion I can get behind. <laughs> so, but, well, you know, like they're having a good time. But then guess who shows up? I wanted like a sitcom level amount of audience cheering when August just appears. Hey everyone. And everyone stands there awkwardly waiting for the cheering to stop. And he's like, I know all of the answers. Let's get a bunch of the answers we've been asking for the last couple of episodes. We're just going to charge right ahead. We're just going to get him out. And Emma's not going to tell us beforehand that August has the answer. She's going to wait until he's already here and be like, yeah, he has all the answers. That's why I called him here. He'll give them to you now. Like, why didn't Emma just tell the group, hey, guys, I just called August. He says he has the answers. He's on his way. He'll be here in a few minutes. Why so, do we why are we still looking through these damn books? So Take to be fair, once upon a time wise, usually when someone's like someone's on their way with the answer, another one of them gets like hit in the head and decides to do something else and almost dies. So I can see Emma's logic here of just being like, let's just <sighs> chill and I'm gonna let them mm-hmm. look through the blank books because at least they're together and not wandering. Like, Keep them distracted. Like, I've got them all here. I know busy where work. they are. <laughs> busy work, busy work. Listen to the argue. So they're just like, Oh, well there it's the apprentice. And they're like, well, who the hell's that? And then they have, they have a picture or something. And Hook's like, oh, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I put him in a hat. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, so so, sorry. I'm sorry. But everyone just kind of washes it away. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, it was gold. It wasn't you. Actually, no, it kind of was. It was Hook. He did. He did do that. He did. did he did do that. And then it's yeah. just like smash cut. We've got the box for the hat. And we got a chair sitting out, you know, because we know that he was sitting because like Cook was just like, he'll just show back up sitting, which hysterical if the chair wouldn't have been there. And then he just does a fall. Um, but then like Blue's there and they, they're they like, we can't get him out unless he ha- we have something of the, the apprentices. And he's just like, don't worry. I And it's fully a broom. Where <laughs> did it come from? Why is it here? What's happening? It's Does- the broom that led them to the apprentice in the first place. Who kept it? Was it Blue just being like, I will keep this until I need it and like was sucked into the hat with it? Maybe? Question mark? Yeah. See, I find it funny that they had that close by, but they didn't have the page that, that they could trap the author in anywhere near them. No, because that does definitely need to be kept later to be used as a gun replacement. Yes, <laughs> so- yes. We, we definitely need people to be running to go get it. Because time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. So we get the author, the author, or not the author, the apprentice poofs out of it. And like, he is all business the moment he gets out of it. He's like, we have to stop Isaac. (laughs) I'm here. I don't even care. I'm so hungry, but we have to stop Isaac. Somebody get me a red fitted jacket. Let's go. 
<laughs> but not before throwing a little shade at the group for 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 uh, you know breaking bad a little bit and letting Isaac out of uh, out of his prison in the first place. Yeah, like what are we doing? You need to like knock it off. Also, we need to go get the page. Now is the part that Emma has been dreading, I assume, as Emma, the caretaker, keeping everyone together. Because then they all, like in a horror movie, split up. Well, but that's Emma's idea. She tells them to split the party. Yeah, I know. Emma's self-sabotaging. Okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stop poking holes in my logic. (laughs) But, like, as this is happening, I... Everything you need to know about Isaac is the fact that I know he has a magic quill, but I love that he's just like, he wrote this whole thing in like an afternoon. So, you know, it's real super solid. <laughs> it's like, and then uh, also uh, Snow White, uh, evil and Mohawk and charming sucks. Yeah, charming sucks. Like, I want to read the pages so bad. So I have to wonder where Isaac's happy ending is. I'm guessing maybe it's like he wrote his own author bio on the book for the book jacket or something because he's not in the story itself. No, I think he probably I'm going to guess what happened because of what we see that happens with Henry is that when Henry comes to Isaac has already written his happy ending like Mm. everyone poofed away and he doesn't go to the Enchanted Forest so he's still standing there in gold shop after everybody poofed away. With like and a Isaac, notebook. Isaac got his little notebook and he was okay. just like, also, Isaac writes a thousand million awesome books and he becomes the New York Times bestseller uh, author forever and everyone uh, loves him completely forever and ever the end. Boom. And he does that and he goes away. And it's, uh, yeah, and he's just, that's it. Everyone kind of... Everyone poofs. We we get a Thanos snap. We do get a Thanos snap. I do I do want to shout out two things from Isaac in this scene that I really loved. One was the line, "You became the dark one, but you've never been the content one." I just he's I just I don't f- know who wrote that or why, but it's just funny. It's, it's just funny, cool. but it's also funny from Isaac cuz he's such a hack. Like yeah. he's just like, yeah, no one's ever, everyone always asks where's the dark one, but never one no one asks how's the dark one. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and then the other thing is how he, um, this isn't like a shout out to Isaac. This is just, I think, an important moment uh, in general where he talks to Rumpel about Bay. And and at first Rumpel is insulted because he thinks he's like, oh, you're trying to bring him back. You can't do that. And he's like, no, but I can erase the memory of him. Rumpel gets insulted again. Is like, no, how dare you? I need to keep my memory. But then Rumpel does something I think is actually worse somehow where he's like, no, I want my memory, but I want it better. I want you yeah. to rewrite it. So now I think I did a good job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, yeah, I can't tell what's worse, forgetting your child or forgetting the harm you did your child. I feel like the latter one is worse. Okay. So, so it, bo- like, this is one of those, like, pick how you want to be punched in the face. Like, you're going to get punched in the face no matter what happens. But I feel like the, the no, I want to misremember what happened because I just want to lie to myself is such a it speaks more to his character personally of being like i would mm-hmm. i want to remember him like i don't want to stop remembering him but please let me re- like make me remember it differently because if he were really a hero if he was really the man that bell thought he was inside in his last gasping breaths he would have been like no my son i want to honor my son by remembering you know like i did those things you need to you need to make me a hero Despite me doing that, because that's his story. I don't want to forget anything about my son. 
And the true story of our hero is facing adversity and overcoming it. That's the whole point of the story with Snow and Charming this whole season. Oh, it's like God. being a hero doesn't mean, I mean, granted, problems there. But heroes sometimes make mistakes. They do bad things. And the point is, where do you go from there? But Rumple doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to actually do the hard work. Listen, everything you need to know is about what ends up being Rumpel's happy ending and how he coached. Like, all of the other endings and stuff, like, everybody else's stories are are a little bit more dynamic, and I, I really like them. But, like, Rumpel's definitely has the uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, including the person whose life it's supposed to be about. Because it's just like, I'm a hero, and I have white magic, and I have a wife that just stays home and looks beautiful all day. Like, it's it's such a terrible, like, he'd been bored. We'll get to it. But, like, everything yeah. about Rumpel's personality can be extracted from these last two episodes. Yes. All right. Well, Henry wakes up on the ground to a world that has gone amok. Oh, no. Yeah. We've got a, uh, a kind of a day of the dead, dawn of the dead kind of situation. Very zombie apocalypse. Uh, Omega man. Henry wakes up. He's we, when I walk alone. All I've ever known, all the where it goes, but it's only me and I walk alone. Uh, speaking of 2000s nostalgia, let's do post 9-11 2000s nostalgia. Uh, also with the lyric about walking alone with, their, with the shadow coming from yes. Pan's lineage. Holy crap. <gasps> Ooh, it's deep. All right. Well, everyone has disappeared. He is the only one left in town. He's very sad. Then he takes a car and he goes to a random diner with pictures. It's like, have you seen my family? Please, I'm alone. And and the, the woman handles this so bad. She's like stage whispering. Yeah, I think, I think he's run away. Um, yeah, I'm, I bring the cops now. Like, yeah, like, what about what Henry is doing seems like runaway? Like, he's asking where these people are. Not, how do I run faster from these people? Like, I, nothing yeah, about him is runaway. The question should be, am, are you lost? Are you, you lost? Get left Have you escaped on a some trip? sort of terrible situation? Like, could you imagine, like, there, there's all those stories about, like, people who uh, get kidnapped and they, like, escape and they, like, run to someone's random's house. Could you imagine? Be like, I think it's a runaway. No, <laughs> not a runaway. Desperately trying to leave the situation. Someone desperately trying to find their family. Not a runaway. Yeah. Lady, get it together. Yeah. Uh, so Henry gets ready to to bolt on out of there and head to another diner to get even more answers. And then he sees the best-selling novel, Heroes and Villains, with a knight and a dragon on the cover, which I feel like this is kind of a, a typical f- fantasy error of a cover that has nothing to do with the book. Because if you think about it for two seconds... It, I don't know. Where, where, where would this be in the inverted inverse... I guess maybe James would have fought the dragon instead. Yeah, it definitely has like a, we have this story and we're going to use this like generic, because I don't know about you, but like, because right now books, like the covers of books are like really cartoony. Mm -hmm. They're like really more animated and stuff. Yeah. But like mid 2000s and stuff, it was all like generic. This has nothing to do with anything. Our publisher said, oh, it's called Heroes and Villains. Put a random dragon on the front. I don't even care if this is how the dragons are described in the books. I've read so many fantasy books where the cover makes no sense at all. Yep. And so I think it's just... Because I'm going to guess, by the way, that like Isaac... 
Isaac did not do his due diligence the way Regina did with the dark curse because she had everything planned to the absolute T in her curse all the way down to how the economics would work. Isaac probably didn't pick the right publishing company, like anything. So like, what is this weird stump speech he's giving? Well, we'll get to it, but like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, he, he may have kind of been half, haphazard and wrote this in an afternoon a very um uh divergent author uh type of situation uh but it didn't stop the book from becoming a new york ledger bestseller because that's their version of new york times which is very funny because i no sorry new york yeah new york ledger and they also have the new york bugle because i i took a picture of the uh of the reviews on the back i so i'm wondering if how cheaply uh how how isaac wrote this because it's kind of like i'm on book talk a lot and there's a lot of conversations about how certain types of people will buy their way onto the new york bestseller list Mm -hmm. because if you just like buy a bunch of books and you put them in a warehouse well people buy your book so it's on the new york but no one actually bought your book no one cares uh i'm wondering if it was just like him doing that like he made himself rich and he published a book and it didn't go quite right so then he just used his riches to like buy the book himself and hyped it up on accident and everyone's just like reading this book being like this is number one bestseller there's so many typos i mean he who wrote this he definitely wished for legions of fans like the the fandom was a key part of his plan because he wanted to be beloved he didn't he didn't want to just be rich he wanted to be loved um I do find these reviews very funny uh, because one of them sounds ac- kind of accurate against on the book and the other one does not. So would you like me to read? The two? I, I took two. Yes. There's three. I only took pictures of two. I don't care. Read them. So read, read, read them. Read them. Read them. So here's the one who sounds accurate from the New York Bugle, which I think is like supposed to be a nod to Daily Bugle. But I find it funny because a later Doctor Who episode from New Who uh, had a paper called New York Bugle. So just prescient. Uh, it says, Heller takes attack or be beaten ideolo- ideologies to new heights in this heavy-hitting first work. I had the sense that I learned something new about the fight against evil. Ooh, See, okay. That, that's actually, that sounds right, right? Yeah. This other one sounds like someone who never read the book. <laughs> and, and side note, the names of the reviewers are behind-the-scenes people on the show. So well, that's nice. Little, okay. Nice little nod. Um, Great reading ranges from night slaying dragons to the fight of the common person against evil and oppression. Truly brilliant. <laughs> Is his friend? Hey, can you write me a thing for my book? Yeah, no, sure. What's the book about again? Okay, dragons and fight against oppression. Amazing book. Ten out of ten. Came af- t- two days after I ordered it. Just in great condition. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Um, that. So uh, Isaac, we cut to Isaac in New York City. He is on his book tour for the paperback edition of his best-selling novel. Uh, we've got a huge crowd, including a lot of cosplayers, including two people wearing Jack Sparrow outfits. And there's also a Captain Jack Sparrow mention in the episode. So there was like, this was a, th- I guess this was probably at the peak. When when did the first one that come was, out again? That was about that time. By the way, I didn't yeah. realize how many Pirates movies there were at lot. all. I was like on Disney Plus and I like rewatched the first one. Love the first one. I very just I watched the second one. Second one I'm going to get whatever. And then I started watching the third one and went 
I don't remember watching this. And then I got about 10 minutes into it and went, oh, yeah, this is why I didn't watch it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, it's such a it's so it's such a convoluted mess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of Captain Jack uh, mentions. And yes. I I like the fans. I wish there were more cosplayers. I and the like cosplay was that. so bad. Oh, like, the yeah. The cosplay didn't even like I wanted cosplay that looked like the characters on the show. Because the characters themselves are wearing bastardized versions of their counterparts. Like Regina's wearing a Snow White outfit. Snow is wearing Evil Queen Cleavage to the gods. And um, Zelina is looking fantabulous as the as the virginal as the virginal maid. Um, I, oh my god, I, she looked incredible in this. You episode. know what? We're blaming this on Isaac too that the cosplayers don't have much to work with because I'm gonna guess he didn't explain much. Oh, he did not. He so did not. No, he, no. he's on men writing women. Snow White walked in and her boobs bounced boobily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he so is. Um, well, Henry shows up to the line. Well, after Isaac gets a badge from a, a Regina stand that says long live Regina. And this is just like a little plot. Just put a little pin in that because it's a pin. <laughs> uh, and Henry shows up. He's got the page. He's got the key. And he's like, he's like using a, like, like a gun. Like he's putting yeah. a gun to someone's head. It's like, don't make me use this. I'll do it. I'll put this in. I'll do it. I, I do want to make a note. I, I liked how this, this episode gave Henry time to shine. But I didn't like that when it ended, it ended. Like he yeah. was not a, once the second half of the episode started, he was no longer important and he kind of faded to the background again. And I didn't like that because of how much they really like this is Henry's story. This is Henry's story of becoming the author and the fact that they really just kind of pushed him to the back once they didn't need him anymore. I didn't like that. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't. They had the right idea, like, towards the end of it, like, when he has his comments about bringing back Neil, um, like, the questions a kid would have. Like, mm -hmm. can I make these things happen? I wish they would have brought back because it got shoved down our throats. I wish the heart of the truest believer would have come forward on him mm. of being, like, he believes and he can help. Like, he's doing this and he's helping push the narrative. Like, his personal voice is driving these people to believe him. And that doesn't, I don't think that that's what was intended. That was kind of what I was projecting to it, being like, Henry is a strong enough storyteller that he can make people believe that he is from a strange place called Maine. And you're not supposed to be here. You're actually the evil queen. But you're also my mom, and I have a second mom. And these things happen. That's what I was kind of putting into it, of because of who Henry is, it pushed that forward. Yeah, I, I, and I wish they'd been a little bit more explicit in that. Um, and, you know, because they also get into Henry's isolation in this episode. You know, he's the one person who isn't from this magical world. He is the lone outsider. That's why he wakes up alone. And that's a lot for a kid to deal with. To to realize that not only are you alone, but you're sep in a way separated from in a different world than yeah. everyone you love. And as the author... He's going to be tasked with writing people's stories. There's an isolation in that as well. So like the mix of the heart of the truest believer with this outsider perspective, I think would have been a great, you know, 
maybe they explore it in season five. I don't really think they do because I think they just give him a girlfriend. But, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they didn't give the actor, Jerry Gilmore, they didn't give him enough to work with no. in, in these storylines, even when, like, he deserved better. And I think he could have done a fine job. Also, isn't this, like, I know he was in Neverland, but isn't this his first time in the Enchanted Forest? It is. So, like, and I feel like I got I got a little misty when he woke up in the Enchanted Forest. I was like, oh, he's been gay. He's home. Um, but, like, being able to witness those things, I wish there would have been more, like, you're right. He wasn't given enough to work with because I do wish that he was able to be given room to react to seeing people he love, especially, like, with Snow, being evil. Like, grappling with that as a child. Yeah. Because, I mean... Emma doesn't handle it particularly like none of them handle it great I think I think there's like there's more of a there should have been more emotion surrounding it they all were very again talking about being pragmatic they were all just like nope this isn't right we're just gonna push through you murdering people and so I do I like that Henry got his chance to shine but I don't like that he just then immediately disappears yeah um, well, Isaac explains the whole story. Hey, uh, this book I wrote, Heroes and Villains, I'm just happen to hold on to the original copy everywhere I go. I don't keep it in a locked safe in the middle of a, a big bank like a normal person would. I carry it around for just instances where uh, someone can magically put themselves into it and try and stop all my plans. Um, he, he created an alternate reality. Uh, it rewrote their lives. And he also gave himself a happy ending, which is apparently a big no-no because if you use the pen on yourself to make things better, uh, then um, uh, then the pen becomes useless and you can't use it anymore. You have, uh, essentially, you've quiet quit. <laughs> it's, I, quiet, it's the quiet quitting of being an author. It's, I yeah, it's the, but I also like that, like, it's not even just like writing your happy ending. It just seems like writing about yourself in general seems mm-hmm. to be the no-no. I like that the idea that the, the uh the gift of being the author is really biased against autobiographies (laughs) no one cares no one wants to read it stephen king wrote one book we're done we don't need any more self-published books about writers we're done we're we're, this is not we do not need your celebrity memoir we're not leah michelle we do not care and then my boss who was definitely not in the military based on my knowledge (laughs) dot 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 I also imagine that Isaac wrote like wrote terribly like like a boomer writing text messages. There's just a lot of ellipses where there don't need to be any. Oh, 100%. Because he definitely also didn't send it through an editor. Like this is the kind of book that now would just be like self-published on like Kindle Unlimited mm-hmm. that they're trying he's trying to charge $10 for but no one's buying it. They're just like or just put it on Wattpad, hoping it's for the best. Because this is essentially fan fiction for the world he's been writing forever. It's, it's on Wattpad. He's got all these terrible, like, mood boards drawn from it. And then and then Snow comes in, and it's just this, like, picture of a dress. And then picture of shoes. I spent too much time on Wattpad. Uh, it just, I, early, like, 2012 Wattpad was a thing to behold. So he, they are now stuck in the Enchanted Forest. Apparently no way to get out. Isaac, in his uh, casual suit getup and his messenger bag. I Again, I've met this person. Personally attacked by his wardrobe choice on this one because it got so much closer to this person that I got afraid. 
Uh, so he's standing there and he's so mad because he makes a comment to Rumple that he does not want to be in the Enchanted Forest. Like no. at all. He's like, no, no. <laughs> die at 40 in a forest? Absolutely not. I plan to be here with all of my riches and fame. So this is his worst nightmare. Uh, also because he, I don't think he has any survival skills whatsoever. No survival skills and no discernible way he can get out. This no. is like a, this is a one way trip for all we can, like if he gets his way, he can't leave. Also like he's, he's like, he, he has no like people skills. So it's not like he can even like eventually build himself a life and trick a mermaid into taking him back. Like it's over for him. Like he's just without his pen, he's no one. Uh, but like he like finds Henry and is just like, oh, anyway, and he sets the deadline. He's like, once those bells, points in the distance, ring, it's over. You're done. The story has ended. Which, does everyone just stop living? I, questions about this reality. No, what he said is once the, what, once the story ends, this is the world now. Like, things will keep going. Presumably, like, the way I see it is the author doesn't make the stuff happen. The author records what is already happening. So what would happen is they'd keep going. Just no one would be there to record it because there's no new author. I also want to know if he just is lying to Henry. Like the, the stories can change no matter what, because he wrote ahead. The author's not supposed to do that. The author is supposed to write what he sees, not project forecasting. Uh, so I wonder if it was just like, oh no, you can't change anything once the bells ring, it's stuck. So he gives Henry some time limit because I just love that he's like, ha ha, you put us in the last chapter of the book. You're a dumbass. Ah, ha, ha. It's like, okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of rules that are thrown out really quickly that are rules he shouldn't know because this is total, all uncharted territory. Which is why I'm just going to headcanon this because it is fan fiction world and I can do whatever I want. Uh, that Isaac is lying and none of this makes any sense. The, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Uh, but he then uh, just, I love poor Henry. He finds a sword. He tries to use it. It does not work. He then gets tied to a, a carriage or something. And then, you know, a really cool ogre shows up, which is super fun. Yes, because um, Isaac's like, you know, I'm going to leave you here to get eaten by the ogre because I don't have to be faster than, I don't have to, he like does this joke about like when you're trying to outrun a zombie you you don't need to be the fastest. You just need to be faster than the other guy. So he's like, well, you're so slow because you can't move at all. Bye. Uh-huh. And, and like Jared Gilmore, I love him. His acting as he's being threatened by the ogre was some of the worst of the episode. Oh, they needed to, this poor kid, they needed to give him a lot more because he did not look in peril. No. He just kind of looked like he was like, help, I need a Diet Coke. Help me. <laughs> and... Yeah, the ogre shows up. It's a cool ogre. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, no, this is it. Uh, I'm going to die. And then, coming from the east, it's a, it's a galloping in. It's, it Rumple is a knight to me is hysterical. Like This was the thing I talked to you about last week. It was real. Remember, yeah. I was telling you. You like, were right. I, I you saw, did not like, I remember seeing Rumple as a knight, and you're like, oh, is this Wish Realm? And I'm like, I don't know. I remembered. Listen, it, the amazing amount of just stuff I forget. So, <laughs> but like Rumple shows up and he's like, I will stop them. And he uses his light magic because he's the light one. And he knocks down, he like kills the ogre question mark. And he hits the ground and that wasn't so great. Uh, whatever. And freeze 
free, okay, he frees Henry, and then he's just like, anyway, gl- glad to save you. Definitely have to go, though. See you later. And leaves. And so now Henry has the book, so he's going to use this to track down Regina because his plan is find Regina, get Regina and, and Robin together because that's true love, and true love will, will fix all of this. Because he's also learned from Isaac that Emma's not here. She does not exist here. Which is proving to my fact of Isaac doesn't know what's happening here. And is making up rules. Because he's like, no, she doesn't exist here. She's been written out of existence. (laughs) It's not what happened. She's fully here. She's fully here and he has no idea what's happening in his own story. Yeah, I I mean, if he's making up all this shit, why couldn't he just add Henry? But what I'm saying is it's like he's telling Henry like, hey, Emma doesn't exist here. Like he's just flatly lying because he doesn't know. He just so thinks he's she's just, not here. Yeah. So he's like, he, yeah, if you get here, then it's it's all going to just be forever this way. It's like, that's not how this works at all, a, sir. It's an author in search of an author. Exactly. Just, oh, no. He's like a ghostwriter for someone who's not there. Uh, and so he's like, okay, we got to go find, we got to go find my mom. So he has the book. And he follows the book into the woods, following the little traps. I do appreciate his just like, you know, and then I found a place that's kind of reminiscent of home. It's a log. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What is it? Why is this happening? Does he find that before or after snow? I'm sorry. I got, I got. Does he find snow first? No, no. He finds Regina. He finds Regina first. I apologize. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get to see he doesn't see snow until way later. That's right. Sorry. I yeah. scrolled too far and I saw a he and snow and I'm like, oh no, I missed something. Okay. So he goes to find Regina and it goes about as well as you'd think it would go. Yeah. Uh and he's just like But I do love the idea that like what we later cut to is Isaac going to snow and being like or I'm sorry, getting captured by snow and the dwarves and stuff. I love that he's just like, Hey, there's rumors about this little boy and it's like, I love the rumor mill of the Enchanted Forest. It's just perfection. Yes. Even Isaac could. Isaac had no idea that this is just how it is. It's like a big sorority house. The go- the gossip just burns through. They don't have a lot going on. So, yeah. Speaking speaking of burn, that's how Regina responds to Henry being like, "Hey, I have this book that can read the future and tell us what we need to do in order to save everybody." I don't need you. We don't we don't need this MacGuffin for the plot anymore. Trash. Yeah. I will burn it. I will burn it. I don't need it. And I do I, I do appreciate that Regina-ness of it. They're, they are trying to give it a little bit like the season one vibes mm-hmm. of like trying to make her a believer. But it's just like, it doesn't work with Regina. Re- Regina doesn't have the same temperament. It's not the same situation. Yeah. So I, this, this was kind of tough because it's a lot of them just shouting at people who are not going to come around. No one comes around for this. Like, it's not like someone's like, oh, yes. I remember now. It's just they changed the situation. Yeah, and like I love Lana Perilla. Do not get me wrong. This is not Lana Perilla's role. This is not a role that she is adept at playing. She, like the young, no. the 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 bandit ingenue who scorned Snow and is like, I ruined her life. I'm so sorry. You know, she's not Snow. Jennifer Goodwin plays a good snow. Yes. 
Lana Perilla does not play a good Snow. She's fine, but it doesn't feel natural. But it it doesn't feel natural, not in a way that makes sense to the story, if that makes sense. It does. Intensity is the word I was looking for about yes. with Lana. She has an intensity that does not that does not come off of her. Even when she's like, it, and it's great. It's not a bad thing. It's just she does not play like the the wide eyed, you know, trying to save herself. Like she just seems like like this is her job now. Um, she does make a reference to the fact that she doesn't like Robin Hood because he's her competition. Um, and uh, yeah, she's got to get out of here because Snow's trying to kill her. Yes, and and Snow, but Snow's too a little busy uh, yeah. figuring out how to torture Isaac, her her <laughs> new prisoner. And this is where we see Jennifer Goodwin just eating, just chewing all the scenery oh. and spitting it, spitting it out into our faces, and we're just like, yes! Oh, the craft services <laughs> table was untouched that day because she was too busy chewing scenery. This was amazing. Her mohawk is fantastic. It defies gravity and logic. It's amazing. I feel like this is a thing that I've tried to do with my hair before, and I don't know how to make it happen. It's It's extremely hard. As someone who's had short hair for a very long time, I've made this kind of faux hawk. It's really hard. And and you kind of see it flop in different directions based on what shot it is. Like sometimes it's kind of leaning to the right. Sometimes it's leaning to the left. So you have to kind of just a little little forgiveness is, is needed. I love realistic hair though. Like yeah. I like a good realistic hairdo. Because of, and again, that's why that's why Regina always had slicked back because that doesn't change. You can put mm-hmm. some flyaways away, but everything just sort of stays in place. And if it's all coiled... Not nothing. There's nothing to change, but like hair down. If it gets humid, pff, your hair's exploding. So anyway, we get to see her. I, her makeup also looks great here because it they don't does. go like they don't go traditional evil. They don't try to give her like a smoky eye or like the weird underdrawn like eyeliner. They give her like a little bit, but it feels like they actually took less. They put less makeup on her than they normally do. One thing they did that you can tell made a big difference in her appearance was they straightened her eyebrows. They made them straighter and more angular as opposed to a curve. Oh, okay. Which really gives that, like, and and her eyeshadow is kind of a square as well. It kind of hits along most of her eye. Yeah. So it creates almost like this mask kind of thing. And it gives this intimidating presence. Um, And they also downplayed her lips as well like yeah. they kept them a little bit smaller mm-hmm. so she has her whole face it almost looks childlike and that's kind of part of her performance she she almost feels like like a joffrey kind of character yeah just young and and naive but full of chaos and malice oh yeah definitely and definitely thinks that she's the smartest person in the room uh and she's just like she sees Isaac, she finds Isaac's long-lived Regina pin and is furious because we hate Regina. And they start talking about, you know, she's like going to kill him. And he's like, no, 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 you can't kill me uh, because I know, I know your, darkest your, I know your <laughs> deepest, darkest secret. You're in love with his brother who is dead. Like, what What good, like, again, this is why Isaac would never survive in the Enchanted Forest. Like, he's just, hey, I'm going to save myself by bringing up your greatest trauma. 
I don't know why this isn't working for me. So like, he's like, oh, I know that you only use him as a placeholder because the other twin died. Uh, so you're just like marrying the other twin. And it kind of seems like Charming did not know this. But, I f- but he did. I'm confused as to what this version of Charming knows about what's going on with Snow. I know he doesn't have his heart, but I don't understand what he is. I don't know what he knows. I don't understand. I don't think it matters, to be perfectly honest. That's fair. Because I guess if he doesn't have his heart, she's kind of gramming him. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a a full-on gram situation. The the note I do want to make for this this monologue is it's part, like... It, it's part kind of, you know, seeing what Snow's trauma is in the situation compared to Regina's in the original story. But also you can tell Isaac is just like gloating on himself for his genius. He's like, yes, this is what I wrote for you, Snow. Isn't it amazing? It's so complex and layered and I'm just going to soak in it, my brilliance. I didn't even write an outline. I wrote this between cups of tea. I... <laughs> I also love that he's gloating to no one because they don't understand that this is his doing. So like, that's also got to be tough for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like an evil villain monologue to people who don't know you're an evil villain or are any way affected by the thing that you're doing. Because it's just them leave, living their lives. Like, if someone came up to me and started gloating about all of the terrible shit that happened in my life, I'd be like, what is okay and then i would call and get a restraining order like it's it doesn't make me mad at you for you to be able to like reap the reward i also don't know why he's happy that he's doing this to them i don't quite get that motivation like i know that he's doing it for the bad guys and the thing at the end sucks so i'm gonna pretend it didn't happen i just don't get his motivation and i don't think they did either I don't think they, I think they got his motivation several episodes ago and then forgot what that motivation was. In the scene with Regina, the author, and Zelina, where he's just like, you don't want me to write anything, but I want to write something. I want to control this. And then he disappears so he can do it. That was in the last episode. That's his motivation. That's all you need. He, he wanted to control the story. He hated being a spectator. Life was not, he did not want his life to be a spectator sport. He felt invisible and he wanted to control the situation. So he, because he's felt out of control his entire life. I think that's what they were trying to go for, but they explained it so poorly. And the whole boss thing at the end, I hate it. I don't even, I I want to just like throw that to the Oh, I'm so mad about the boss thing at the end. I'm like, it was such (sighs) a great setup for something to be wonderful. And then he's just like, I got mad at my boss because of a remote control. Son of a bitch. Uh, like it's just it's control and power and who gets to play the cards and i think that's what they were trying to say but the showrunners aren't always the best at expressing the things that they can see so that we all see it the same way yeah so back to the action regina is is attacking the the snow's carriage and then Snow comes out, and she definitely has fire powers that we didn't know about until this moment. And, like, I like that she like, she, and she tries to rip out the heart. And Charming is just like, we ask, ask her about the boy. Ask, ask her about the child. Ah, she shoves the heart back in. Okay. Where is he? I, I love mean, I this. I feel like she, she could have kept the heart out and asked her. I agree, but I just do love the little flippantness of it. Just like, okay, here's your heart. Like, where she's like, <gasps> and she's like, where's the boy? Come on. Come on. Tell me, tell me, tell me. 
We got just like, she's like so bored. That's my other favorite part. She's like getting about ready to kill her. And she's just like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Uh, but then gets to escape. Hooray. Yes, because Robin shows Rob- up. Yeah, because he's the competition. He shows up. He saves her. She's What's funny is that she's barking at him, being like, I didn't need saved. And I thought she knew who he was. And then he's like, I'm Robin Hood. And she's like, oh. Oh. Like, she didn't know she was just bitching anyway. That's my favorite. <laughs> she's just like, you didn't need to come do this. Oh, well, I'm your competition. Of course I did. You're my competition. You're Robin Hood? Oh, they didn't draw you on your posters. You're pretty. Like, they have such a good moment here. And I don't think it has anything to do with the writing. I think the two of them are just, they just whip up a bunch of sexual energy. I'm just like, I want to see them kiss all the time. <laughs> They're so pretty. Uh, but turns out he married to Zelina. He, he's getting married. Getting he's married. I'm sorry. It's their wedding day. Okay, this is where I want to kind of take a pause and talk about the whole thing about getting the villains or happy endings. Heroes get the bad endings. And a little confusion here. So one, why was it Maleficent in this episode? I'm guessing just the actress wasn't available. But like plot wise, like she was one of the people who wanted a happy ending. And like she's there with Rumpel. Like she did. She cannot exist outside of Storybrooke. Oh, okay. I get it. That makes sense. That was where I landed. Because she talks about Lily wants to leave. And Lily's like, I can't. She's like, I can't go with you. I can't leave Storybrooke. I'm not supposed to be alive. So the other thing is, like, Rumpel isn't doing a one-to-one uh, no. for for villains getting their happy endings, heroes getting the bad endings. Because Hook is technically a villain. So, and he doesn't really, you know, so technically he's a villain. Technically Regina's a villain, even though she's been doing good. So, But they're not getting happy endings. Regina's, like, in, in this weird, not a girl, not yet a woman in between. So we've got a little bit of a gray area where it's definitely Rumpel just enacting vengeance on people. Yeah. So why would he give Zelina a happy ending? She kidnapped him and tortured him. I I genuinely don't know because I'm, I'm, I'm with you too. Like the, the story that is written for Hook is not a happy ending. It's worse than Hook's thing. Like th- I think he would prefer to go back to being a villain doing things he can't that don't let him sleep at night. As opposed to being a guy who drinks warm goat milk out of a flask he keeps in his pocket. Like, that's that's not an ending. That's barely anything. And Regina's is just being on the run. That's not hero stuff. She doesn't have a happy... Like, she doesn't have a, a true love out there that she's, like, always running into. So, again, this is not Regina's very well-thought-out plan. This is a plan that was made up with a hack writer... And a man on his last couple of breaths trying to put some stuff together. And it shows. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, you kind of have to wonder if if Rumpel didn't even remember to think of everyone. And then Isaac just remembered Zelina and was like, oh, and and, and, and Zelina's engaged to, to, um, to, to Robin. Because that would make uh, Regina super duper mad. Yeah. And also, and, like, yeah. again, and I know that it was a budget thing, but I'm mad Ruby wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted some red stuff. Like, that would have been great. We only mostly get Granny. Eh, whatever. But, yeah, like... The, the only cosplay from the show we actually see at the book signing is a Little Red Riding Hood costume. And yeah. I was like, red! And then she wasn't there. Yeah. Although, knowing Isaac, Little Red Riding Hood, like, she's no longer a werewolf. Like, it's just Little Red Riding Hood. Like, he's 
he's that much of it. He's like, I can't think of anything away away around this. So she's just a normal person with a hood. She's great. Or Snow killed her. They were friends. That's probably another like trauma of Snow's. My childhood friend. She introduced me to the other or, guy. Or Granny ate her. Or Granny ate her. Um, yeah, that's. Well, Zelina invites her to the wedding because even early on, we're getting signs that Zelina is a catty, messy bitch. We love who it. Lives for the drama. We love a catty, messy bitch. Um, I mean, not in general, uh, but I do like that she's just like, oh, yeah, it's like, because she's supposed to be the the stereotypical, like, blushing bride. She's got the white dress, but then has the wicked stepsister vibes. She's like, there's blood on my dress. Uh, you know, tropey. Yeah. So, yeah, come to the wedding. Come to the wedding. We love it. And she's like, yeah, no, that sounds terrible uh, because the guy that you're marrying is super dreamy and I like all the things he does. And now that I know that he's pretty, I want to kiss on him all of the time. So, no, I'm not going to come to your weird little wedding. People I just met today. Thank you. And she leaves and Henry uh, bumps into her. He was trying to find her and is like, hey, I thought you were going to be smoochy smoochy with Robin by now. And she's just like, nope. That's not going to happen. I can't stop this wedding. Nothing's going to happen. Go find your birth mother because we need an excuse to bring her up before the end of the episode. The, yeah. The and it's just like, oh, what did you say she calls herself? The savior? Well, there's a crazy old lady who called herself that. And then the queen locked her in a tower. Again, apparently something that Isaac has no idea that he's written or that has happened. And we get a cut to Emma apparently waking up question mark uh like she's just like laying in like child's pose on the ground and she just looks up and her hair's all crazy and she's like credits we've hit intermission i mean being locked in a tower with chains on for years upon years presumably i mean i bet you'd just be screaming all the time too Oh, yeah. Well, I would think there'd be like a, there was a couple of years where she screamed constantly at no, for no end. I also think that she would have like broken. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she should have been a little bit more like off her rocker a little bit because she's immediately in action plan. So like, yeah, that was my, so my theory was that like when we see her like look up like that, she's been asleep. Like, mm. again, another thing that I wish they would have, like, tried... This would have been a fun parallel of just, like, oh, she's in the tower and she's being guarded or whatever. But she's been asleep this whole time. She's been under a sleeping curse or something, whatever. But Henry entering the Enchanted Forest wakes her up. It's the Emma in Storybrooke thing. The clock has started ticking. Because anybody chained up for question mark amount of time... Not gonna be super mentally healthy. Yeah, because the moment he finds her, she is just super well adjusted. Totes, totes yeah. normal. Everything's good and fine. Um, so we are we are now back from our our mid mid episode cliffhanger. Emma, we've revealed her. She's here. Uh, but before we're gonna go rescue her, we got to make a quick pit stop at Rumple's house in a scene that makes me angry to my very body, and I hate all of it. Uh, Rumple's living his best life. He's he's got that cottage core. He's got Belle, who's wearing the weirdest outfit in the entire world. You know, the the yellow doesn't match. It's 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 just awful. And I I'd be remiss if I didn't point out 
a just a re- realization I had because Rumple is the perfect doting wife and mother to their new infant son. Bell. And what you said, Rumple is the perfect wife and doting. <laughs> Bell, yes, Bell is. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Bell is the perfect wife. She is now a mother to a a new a little baby boy. And is just super supportive of him and everything he says. You're the light one. You're good. You can do anything. I don't think Rumple realizes he's done this, but Bell's a hero. He's given Bell a tragedy because the villains get a happy ending. The heroes do not. Uh, Rumple has not given Bell a happy ending. He has given her a nightmare. Yeah, I didn't see a single book in that apartment. Not a single no. one. Because Belle's best life, this is the woman he loves. Belle's best life is out adventuring and or reading books. And just existing in a place in which she can experience the world. She can do that and have a child for you. We don't even get like a, oh, I've had this child. I'm here taking care of it. And then we will, I will put it in the little baby Bjorn and we will go like adventure the world. There's no discussion about what she does because he doesn't care yeah and i hate it so much it it makes me very uncomfortable because bell gets the worst end of the deal like i'm sorry even worse than emma because she she chose to divorce rumple she chose to leave him because he was failing her in their relationship rumple essentially hypnotizes her zombifies her into becoming the doting wife he like brainwashes her this is full-on brainwashing and she doesn't she can't even realize that that's what he's doing but the the caveat i use as a headcanon excuse is rumple has in doing this recognized he is her worst ending he is her tragedy because all the heroes get their worst ending. All the heroes get have to are set up to fail. Rumple is Bell failing. I don't think that's what they intended. No, but that's what I'm taking from it. I mean, because I still read it as like Rumple being like, "Well, what is my perfect life? Oh, well, it's gonna be having the same thing I had in my first life with like it living in not like a hovel. They're not living that bad." But they're living in like a small cottage. Like he's a hero of the realm. You're living in a a one bedroom apartment in the woods. Like no, you'd be living on a ranch or like something in which she would have things to do. I I don't understand this. I like your idea of like this is, but also that she's a hero, so she's been given the what heroes should have. Heroes should have the bad ending. So Bell does not get to travel the world, but he's doing it to the woman he loves? Question mark. What is? Yeah, I, I. This is why I don't like their relationship is because he genuinely does not see her as a full person. Mm-hmm. He is. It's just this thing that she he's chasing, which is why they have this weird incel of a relationship that Isaac wrote for them. What is she doing all day? She's do- she's taking care of the baby and apparently is fine with that. Like, when he walks in after saving the day for, like, three days, you know what that should have been? That should have been her, like, in a big t-shirt and handing him the baby. Be like, I need doing the doing the thing from the my favorite uh, episode of Bluey that I've recently watched. Where she's like, I just need 20 minutes for no one to speak to me or to touch me. And just goes and locks herself in the one bedroom that they have. She just needs 20 minutes 
for the love of God. No, she's the perfect wife. And she's not stressed by this at all or him breaking cups. It's fine. It's fine. It's like, how many, like, how much, what pills are you sleeping? People aren't like this. No. And, and the fact that afterward, after they wake up, like, of course, extenuating circumstances, Rumple is dying, but that Belle's harsh words immediately are gone. But that... I have mixed feelings on that. That's that's that's. She is mad when she gets there. I'll give her that. She's mad when she gets there. Yeah, yeah. She's mad when she gets there, and then things happen. Anyway, Isaac tells shows up and tells Rumple, "Hey, this perfect life you've built for yourself at the expense of this human being uh, is about to all come crashing crashing down. I need you to murder somebody. If you don't murder the someone." Everything's going to be gone. Hey, you remember Balefire? You think you were a good guy? No, you were an asshole. And this is why I'm going to remind you. <laughs> now go do a murder. And, th- and that's like, that's that's it. Like, and then we leave that. And then we don't see Rumple again until like the end of the episode. Well, except for that one moment where Belle spills a teacup and they have a, <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> I, so the one thing that I do think that, again, lacking, how, what's the light one? How did he turn into the light one? How did we still have a first wife and a child that is missing that is not explained? Like, he's like, no, I, I fought him heroically, but he didn't. Like, that's not real. So I don't I don't understand where it came from. What's the light one? Where did it come from? Isaac, world building, my man. So I have a theory about the light one. I think he has Emma's powers. I oh, think so he's the savior. He's the savior. I think he well, but he's in call. He doesn't call himself that because trademark. Um, I think he in the end, he recognizes that Emma's powers are greater than his own. He recognizes that the light is bigger than the dark. And I think that's a storyline we're really going to explore in season five. So he, in the end, what he wants to to see himself as the best version of himself is Emma's powers. Okay. So he can move the moon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so he can move the moon. I'm never letting it go. Uh, uh, then, yeah. 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 So, so while Rumpel... While Rumpel's being sent on his quest to go do a murder, uh, Queen Snow is also sending her subjects on a quest to go do a murder because they failed the last time around. So Doc is dead and Granny has a spider on her head. But just to make sure that they understand the full point of that, she does she does the murder. Uh, she she's like, see, murder. see how easy it is to do a murder? Uh, I need you to go out and do that for me because I'm going to go get my nails done. My gel is wearing off. Yes. Uh, she, but yeah, they, I do love that granny is there. Like that's her, ev- like that is her, I also like their signaling of the round table situation. Um, like, yeah. Okay. So I love the actress who plays granny. I'm sorry. If we had, if we didn't, couldn't have Hopper cause of budget restraints and Hopper was going to like be the evil cricket on her shoulder, telling her to torture people. I would have rather had that over Granny with a spider on her head. I'm sorry. If we had to pick and choose, I would have picked Evil Hopper, hands down. Oh, my God. That would have been so great. And Evil Pongo. <gasps> Just like a like a were-dog situation. Yes. Yes. I would love, I, love to see. But, yeah, I, I don't know. This was this was a we got our drawers. We got our whatever. It's fine, I guess. I You're right. They needed more. I wanted more cameos here. August, you already had him in the episode. Where's August? Evil Pinocchio. Evil Geppetto making evil Pinocchio. 
That would have been hysterical. Like Rumpel would have had it out for August. He pretended to be his son. He's just a drunk man trying to make evil wooden dolls to terrorize people, and then one comes to life and terrorizes him back. Oh my god! That I, why is no one doing like an evil Pinocchio story? We're already getting another Pinocchio story. Where's We're the evil like one? Two or three new Pinocchio stories, but they're always like the same story. No one ever mm-hmm. flips it on the head to be like different. Maybe this is the part where we cut back to the sound clip when the next one is like insane and he turns into a werewolf. But like, I don't think so. I'm I'm searching evil Pinocchio. Evil Pinocchio. Uh, So there is a movie called Pinocchio's Revenge. It's a 1996 (sighs) horror film. He is an evil version of the fairy tale character. Oh my goodness. Does his nose oh, grow when he does a murder? Horrible. Oh. It's just, it looks horrible. It says it's a parody of Child's Play. Oh, okay. Well, then, no, 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 no. No, I yeah. want, like, I want, like, an honest, an earnest version of it. Not, like, a, it's hilarious. But, yeah, where's August? Where's Geppetto? Where, we had him. Yeah. You're right. Now I'm mad. Yeah. We did have him. Yeah, for, like, two seconds on a green screen. We also don't we see We could have had evil. him on another green screen. Also, I, I will note that we didn't get to see Evil Blue. Yeah, they just mentioned her off screen. We had her in the episode. Evil Where's Blue? Evil Blue? Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I was remiss. Like when we had the episode where Emma goes into the Enchanted Forest, goes back in time. We had a few cameos in that one. I wanted to see that here as well, especially considering how important this episode clearly was to the show and and what kind of story they were trying to tell. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, Regina is like peaced out. She doesn't want she doesn't want anything to do with anything. She's going back to her hovel. She's going to go save her money and go live her best life. So Henry's like, no, we still need to do stuff. I'm going to go get my other mom and we're going to set everything right. And he heads to the Jolly Roger so he can get his fave Captain Hook, surrogate father man, to uh, go help him rescue. But oh no, he drinks he drinks soy milk. <laughs> oh, he's a soy boy. He's oh a soy my God. boy. Oh no. I I will say <laughs> the way Colin portrays him, I like this because his like voice is up a little bit of a register, and he's playing more of a coward. And so like. I like this. And also just like he just kind of holds himself a little differently because you see it change immediately when we get it back. Like shoulders are up, bagging down. He's a captain. He's got his swag. He's got his whole thing going. So I like I like this again. Like you're like you're saying he's a villain. He should have been given. I mean, I guess Rumple does have it out for him because he did kill his first wife. Uh, but still this this he's still on a ship. They shouldn't put him on a ship. Yeah. Is yeah, this... like have him work at a bar or something. No, landlock him. He can't even yeah. see the sea. Um, there, there is a moment like I just kind of want to like yes and just that uh, Killian was great in this episode. Uh, there is a moment where Emma is talking with Snow and Charming, and she's given that impassioned speech of like, "I know you guys, you're you're my parents, I know and you're about. good people." And then you just see Hook in the background like picking up his sword and like trying to hold it and just be like, "I'm defending you," oh, and it was so great. <laughs> He's like holding it backwards too. Like yeah. he's holding the hilt up, but like the blades behind him. He's like, I'm going to punch you with my sword hand. <laughs> I I don't even know what Emma said. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just watching Hook. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I, I have to wonder if it was an, this was an improv thing where they were just like the, the director told uh, told the actor, it, it, it just like, just do something silly and pretend like you're you're standing, you're, you're helping, you're backing them up. And then he just did this and they all freaking lost their minds. I'm just imagining there's like four cuts of that of them just laughing because, again, they usually just have Hook standing in the back brooding. So they were probably like, I don't know what the opposite of brooding is, but do that. And he was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to hold my swords like a dork. Like- well, Hook is a hero on his, 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 in his bad story. This is the bad place for him. Uh, so he is a deckhand under Captain Blackbeard. But luckily, Henry has some wonderful home alone hijinks he can employ that Henry is surprisingly good at knocking people unconscious in this episode. He does it twice in the span of like eight minutes. I'm obsessed with like Henry's like it had that vibe from I think it's an Infinity War where it's just one of those where they realize that Peter Parker, he just has seen a lot of movies. So all of his stunts always start with, have you seen that movie? So they like, because I think at one point they use Empire Strikes Back with the the cables. And then at one point they do Alien and blow someone out the airlock. Like the same thing. Like all of Henry's knowledge comes from cinema. And it's amazing. Yes. Um, they head out through the bottomless sea, which I feel like given that threatening name, it should have been more intimidating i have to wonder if there was something originally planned for to be in the sea like a kraken or something and then they just didn't have the budget and they did the dragon instead uh and there's only one guard there well (laughs) yeah actually i'm wondering if it was going to be like uh if it was going to be ursula like it was going to be ursula's bad life like this is the bad place for for you abandoning me and just turning her into even a worse version. Like, she'd be like, oh, yeah, this is Ursula. She killed Poseidon, and she's been, she turned into a Kraken. That could be it, but maybe they just couldn't get the actress or something. Yeah, uh, she was like, no, no. No, I'm with my dad. Thank me and my I'm dad. I'm with my dad, were... a Greek god. I'm yeah, fine. my mom was my dad, Greek dad. He's yeah. a Greek god and a Ghostbuster. It's a really a two-for-one deal. <laughs> and uh, they find Emma pretty easily because they do a Chewbacca prison gag and not the guard unconscious and Emma remembers everything because uh, Rumple decided to torment her by having taking away all her power making her powerless but she is aware of everything so it's kind of an inverse because in the beginning of the show she didn't know a thing but here she knows it all I, I so just why does Rumple mm-hmm. know that she's here but Isaac doesn't how did that work what do you mean no this was when Rumple was writing the story Rumple wrote the, what? I think Isaac lied when he's told Henry okay. that Emma wasn't in the story. I still think I think it was a he couldn't write her out of the story and it just happened and Emma sat there for however many years and just guessed that Rumple did this to her. Because I admit mm. they were she was probably like trying to write her out of the story but she she exists. You can't undo her. She so you existed. think she just assumed it was Rumple because who? what else would it be? Yeah, I, I, I really think that they should have played into those hands more of just like, sometimes people are just guessing. Like, oh, no, that's not what I did at all. But it would have been cool if I did. Like, that does sound like something I would do. But no, we just for, we just thought we'd write you out. But you can't, you know, physics does exist. I can't undo matter without physically killing you. And you can't exist in Boston, so... I don't know. Yeah, I think this would have just been like in the extra step to bring this all together. Yeah, because there, yeah, because right now there's there's a few loose threads 
it doesn't doesn't mean that the whole isn't still enjoyable, but these are kind of part of those like those problems that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, so they try to escape, uh, but wouldn't you know, the one guard is Lily. Uh, she's a dragon. She attacks them and then gets murdered. <laughs> gets murdered, but like then she swims to shore. It's fine. It's fine. It's, she's like a water dragon. It's great. <laughs> And and um, Emma's like, okay, Hook, we got to practice our stored fighting. We're going to do it for like two seconds. And then you're going to have your muscle memory with a little bit of side of sexual tension. Let's, <laughs> let's do this muscle memory. Do you remember these muscles? Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I've been doing hey, push-ups you, you, in the tower. Hey, you know what's also a muscle. Ooh, I, I love this because he's, it's funny because, so he's playing this just like really kind of like cowardly guy who hasn't really lived his life, but he's like, obviously smitten by emma the moment he sees her which good for him uh because she i like that they don't uh back down from the rat's nest that her hair has turned into yeah. uh they just have her put it in a pony but the nest is still there amazing like those mats they don't come out so like i get no. it <laughs> no no that she she needs uh some some like relaxer she needs a good uh, leave-in conditioner yeah that's like a you you pay people very expensive like a lot of money per hour to untangle that or you just you just gotta shave it yeah or you magic it but she doesn't have any magic so she didn't have her magic she just rumple took it uh, they arrive back in the village, and uh, Snow, Charming, Lily, and the dwarves are there, and we get this whole back and forth where Snow does a fake out, and she's like, I'm good now. Ha <laughs> psych, fireball. And uh, and then Hook tells Emma to run with Henry, um, and and then he, he dies, and Emma doesn't leave. <laughs> For a long time. And I get it, like, emotionally. she's she, she wants to be there for Hook. She's watching her love die in front of her. Narratively, I get it. But also, he told you to run, girl. They're all going to come chasing after you. You need a head start. I. This is why you do, like, we're doing a really cinematic episode, right? This is why you do the cinematic run and turn. And then that's when you do the slow-mo thing of just being like, you're looking, he's dying, and Henry's dragging her arm. Mom, we have to go. And the sad spindly music is playing, and it's just like, cut, cut, hypercut, hypercut, hypercut. And then she runs. That's the way you get that moment. You have to slow it down, because in real life, if you just stand there, oh, no, he died. Uh, like, Snow would have already thrown 15 snowballs, or uh, snowballs. Uh, <gasps> it would have been so much better if she had ice powers. <laughs> Oh, that would have been really cool. And also, she has telekinesis. She can move stuff with her mind. She demonstrates that in the beginning. Why wouldn't she just, like, freeze Emma with that power? Who knows? But Emma gets away with Henry. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, and they head to Regina's hideout. Emma says, hey, you know, Henry, he is telling the truth. Um, I'm here to give you a happy ending. I just watched my, my true love die in front of me. And you getting your happy ending is the only way I can get mine back. So we're going to crash a wedding. I love the juxtaposition between episode one of the whole thing and this. Because we get episode one, Regina, absolutely power bitch walking to the front of a wedding she was not invited to. To stop everything, make a declaration and leave. This Regina peeks her head in the door. <laughs> Is the wedding happening? Hello? I loved this so much. I loved her hesitancy. But like, I can't just burst in on a wedding. Girl, you can and you will. It's a muscle memory. Go. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. Like, 
Full circle, man. It's my favorite thing of the, like, the thing that sold me on that show was her walking into that wedding. Like, I love a good wedding crashed moment. And she did it with such panache. And so, like, that's immediately what I came to. I loved it. Well, this isn't Snow and Charming's giant uh, palace wedding. Uh, This is a small country wedding uh, with Robin and Zelina looking so fresh and so crisp. Uh, And Isaac's there just to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch and he's doomed there forever. He's still in his suits. Like, this is how another reason, like you're saying, Abby, he is so bad at, at this. He didn't even get himself a disguise. When Emma and Hook found themselves back in the Enchanted Forest, the first thing they did is they got themselves some disguises. Yep. No survival skills, none. That suit has got to be rank. <laughs> uh, and they they arrive at the wedding. Emma has a sweet moment with Regina. Episode full of this moment is a bunch of sweet moments between the two of them. She's just like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. Because like a long time ago, I promised you I would help you find your happy ending. And I'm actually here to see it. And I'm so excited for you, girl. Go get your guy. Go get Go your man. Ladies who tavern are are cheersing in the background. Oh. We're going to get we're going to get that kiss. What? We're going to get that smoochy smoochy. The ladies who tavern. What what is their bad ending? <gasps> what is the bad ending for the ladies who tavern? They yeah, just like they are deaf heroes. Oh, yeah. They're definitely. Heroes. So they like don't know each other. They're probably scattered around the enchanted forest and like. Probably having very similar experiences to Belle. They're in a marriage. They are. They're like bound to a home and a lot of goat's milk. They're all allergic to rum. <laughs> it's almost like a woman's worst nightmare is to be bound to a man and stuck at home. <laughs> Against her will. What, an, an, an ending she did not choose. Uh, just oh, those poor, poor ladies. They'll find each other, though. I bet that's actually what saved everybody. Like the whole routine oh, yeah. thing was happening, but like. The Lazy Tavern ran into each other and they were like, you know what we're not allergic to? Champagne. Orange juice. Let's oh go. Oh my God. The moment they cheers was the moment that Henry wrote that line down. So we'll never know who the true savior was. I think we know. We've gotten to the bottom yeah. of it. We did it. We did it every You were Got here. to the we bottom of the bottomless mimosas. The bottomless <laughs> mimosa sea sounds like the ending they wanted. <laughs> oh, and it's the ending we deserved. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, I'm so mad now. Isaac! <laughs> <laughs> um, but just as Regina is peeking her little head through, she's sharing some 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 eye, she's sharing eye candy with her eye candy uh, Robin Hood. They're sharing the looks, looks, looks across the room. But, uh-oh, guess who's there? Rumple's here. He's stopping the happy ending. He's like, I'm going to do a murder because I'm a hero. It makes sense in my head. Just go with it and die. Because you can't change you can't change that much of someone's code. Like at, at a certain point, there's still a couple of those lines in there. And yeah, he's like he's he's he also optioned up on the bad scale. Like he's decided to now murder Henry. Wasn't the plan to just murder Regina? No, he was told to murder both. He was told to murder Henry oh. specifically because Henry is the one who can stop everything. Got Henry it. is the heart of the truest believer. Okay. And the question I have for this, because he starts kind of reverting back to his old form. He calls Emma Deary. He said he's like Dark One. That's that's not a name I recognize. I don't acknowledge it, Deary. He's clearly reverting back to his old ways. Something we see with Zelina later and her skin turns green. Why didn't the crocodile skin start coming back? God, that would have been so cool. 
That's that was just on the list of line items that got cut. They're just like, uh, oh, we can't, we can't do it. Jiminy Cricket, scratch. We can only do this. We can only do like a sand dollar amount of of green on Selena, uh, and we can't do crocodile skin. It would have been so cool. But like, I also think that they didn't. As we will talk about in season five, I have some questions for the makeup department and the choices they make moving forward. So. <laughs> I also would have liked crocodile skin or if it just like started like creeping up. Yeah. And not even talked about like that would have just been a cool thing to witness. Yeah. Almost like it's choking him. Like yeah. the darkness is choking him. Yes. And it's kind of like a tiger can't change his stripes because like the fact that it happens to Zelina, just her and no one else seems really weird that she's the one who's like reverting back to villain when no one and like, and it's not acknowledged for anyone else in the same way is a little strange to me. But I think we also just needed to get Zelina out of the way. So, like, the wedding happens because uh, Regina chose to save Henry and sacrifice herself because that's her true love. Her true love is her son. Not the first time we've had this story. It's a little bit of a wash, rinse, repeat. But we're okay with it. Family is family. Um, and the wedding bells ring. Uh, story is over. And the wedding party walks out jovially to a murder. <laughs> I loved everything about this scene. Like, obviously, Robin is going to run up. Because, again, they don't make Robin evil or good. They just, like, Robin's just kind of the same. Yeah, like, why wouldn't Rumpel give, I mean, guess maybe his bad ending is being married to Zelina, which fair. You know what, too? You know what? We can't all be chained to a house with a dude. Sometimes it's chained to a house with a woman. Like, it goes both ways. Because, again, yeah, like, he comes out and he's, like, trying to save her. And, like, I I loved Zelina's whole thing. Because, again, her dress, amazing. I'd also been mad that I got blood on it. But I also wouldn't have gotten that close to the body covered in blood. Like, so that's the body? Oh, my God. It's so much blood. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Oh, my dress. Like, I love the idea that getting dressed. Like, it's a jealousy thing. Like, her green skin is jealousy. So, like, why did it show up when she got mad about her dress? Because she got mad because it was supposed to be her day and oh, this stranger okay. who's right. dying in a pool of blood at her feet is taking away from her special day. Oh, she's got to be a treat when national disasters happen on Twitter. My God, I was just there four months ago. It could have been me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what we get with Zelina. I do love her like uh, Cinderella evil stepsister moment. It was fun. Yes, and she runs off. Uh, Emma demands that Isaac fix the situation as Regina is dying, but he can't. He's not the author anymore. Hmm. But the, the, the pen, the pen has, has, and the pen has called to its master. It wants to be found. I'm it's, watching Lord of the Rings right now with my husband. He's never seen them before. I'm very excited. He's just finished two towers. We still have to return thinking, and he's into it. You should, you should text him I, about it. No, no. I'm just telling you right now, when you guys are finished, we're doing... Uh, special episode we're all going to talk about Lord of the Rings oh that's a good idea uh, okay okay yes. okay but okay so just to bring it back I was kind of laughing because I kind of wanted to do like again I love making memes about this show or talking about it on Twitter because it's so old where it's just like no context updates about a show that no one else is watching except for us uh because I want to do like the super cut of just like the Frozen 2 thing with the, the call, the, the little siren song she hears. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it because my, my falsetto is still not quite back. 
And then Henry into the unknowns it and just grabs it. And he's like, let's go. We're going to do this. Is this, is this pen my other mom? Like, he's, let's go. Into the unknown. Yes. Uh, Henry goes into the unknown. And he picks up the quill. The magic has returned. He is the author. He is the chosen one. It has reawakened. I love he, Isaac's face. He's like, shit. I'm it's a mixture die. of shit and awe. Like he's pissed, but also he's he's a little bit like this is a big deal. Like this is a sacred task that was appointed to him. Sure, he flubbed it up, but he also kind of has a. Li- it looks like he has a bit of admiration. Just awe is the word I'd use. Well, it's got to be a cool thing to witness. But again, just to and again, not to go super in the weeds. I do like the idea that the last author was Walt Disney, and he built an empire, a legacy that has lived on past him. And Isaac didn't even continue to be the author until his death and has no legacy because his book is being unwritten in front of his face. I mean, just so many, so much salt in the wound. <laughs> um, Deserved well, salt in the wound. Henry needs to uh, rewrite this story. It's a very random reference to the TV show Smash. <laughs> <laughs> that I Deep randomly cuts. sang. We're Deep not going to get that I hate because I didn't like that show. <laughs> um, and he he manages to uh, to re- to undo everything uh, by writing in Regina's blood. Little little morbid, but oh, okay. I, I the morbid side of me obsessed with that. But I did love that he like fully put it all the way into her wound. Just like it's just like you just stabbed her. <laughs> like you didn't need to get that much. Like it's just like. Oh, don't worry, mom. I'm writing an ending. What? I mean, get away from me. I need an inject. I need an injection. I need an injection. And uh, and then he writes that Regina's sacrifice caused the whole book to be undone. Whoosh! Because the rule that Isaac set up earlier is that the pen cannot undo other stories. It can only undo stuff that it itself wrote, which doesn't make. It's a little confusing to me because, like, I felt like it was the Holy Grail was, like, the one pen in all the world, you know, to one pen to rule them all. And I was wondering if, like, that was the one that Walt Disney had. Like, is it been carried through the generation? But that's that's a whole deep well. I can't get into it. Otherwise, I go crazy. An inkwell, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so now they are back in the real world. Uh, Emma wakes up and her first thought is, where's my man? Where is my man? Because I have to – I – because she gives this really nice speech to Regina in the cave hovel thing that she's living in. And she's just like, I had to watch the man I love die without telling him that I love him. He won't know this. Um, and I don't want that for you. Like, that's that's a terrible thing and no one should have to go through it. I just went through it five minutes ago. T- zero out of ten. Do not recommend. So she's like, I have to find him and tell him I love him before I die. Or someone dies. Because at any moment... All of us will die. So she gets up. The The apprentice is also in the street. I don't know where he's been this whole time. I wish we would have, like, Isaac would have definitely written the uh, apprentice into the story uh, being tortured or going through something terrible. Right? Well, I don't think Isaac knew he'd been woken up. As far as, like, as far as he knew, Rumpel had put him in the hat. I think that's okay. the last he knew. Well, then the again, apprentice. Isaac should have, or then the apprentice should have been wandering around town. Like, he's somewhere. He's got to be somewhere. Did he, like, get up? Because he's ne- now he's laying there. So he had to have, like, come back. Or Henry would have seen him laying in the street. <laughs> Just like, hello. Um, <laughs> but he gets up. He's wearing his bitch in red jacket. Uh, and Emma goes running in. 
And it's, uh, I love Charming and Snow are making out, like full making out. And they turn and they're like, oh no, we haven't seen Hook. Like we didn't even think to check. We've just been right here. Uh, just absolutely face making out. Just let's go. Just face max. And so there's a little bait and switch of just like, oh no, he's not here. And then he's just like, he's up in the loft. He's like, sorry, love. I told you I found the book and I definitely did. Like just the smarmiest, his pirateness is all back. And he looks so cool. And he's just like, yeah, I'm so excited that I'm back to playing this. It was fun for a little bit, but I'm happy I get to raise my eyebrow like a scoundrel again. Do you think he remembers dying? 100%. Listen, one of these days we're just going to talk about, like, we're going to go through and stack all of the amnesias, all of the different lives that are packed into their heads, and the number of of them that remember, like, dying or almost dying or the red room of death. And how much trauma is packed into a single human brain? (laughs) Because... (laughs) They they cannot be functioning well. Like, again, no. Hopper should have people around the door, like around the corner. Well, of they his would place. if they had the budget for him. We don't have the budget for a therapist. We're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. So he's there and it's great. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to go party at Granny's. And it's going to be awesome. And we're going to go flip through our books. And everyone's having a good time. And we're all wearing white sweaters because we want to make sure that the good has prevailed. And it's all going to be awesome. And then Robin's like, hey, Regina, do you want to go walk together in the moonlight? Which they actually do. And I'm disappointed that it wasn't some sort of weird code word for sex. Unless they were just walking back from sex. I mean, also, you know, sex on a beach. Like it could, that's fair. You know, walk in the moonlight could be you know stuff in the moonlight. I, I, I guess I, I, I'm not being more clever than that. I'm just ch- wiggling stuff my shoulders. in the moonlight. Hey, do you want to go do stuff in the moonlight? <laughs> oh yes, I do. <laughs> Already unbuttoning your top. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, then we run into. We have a little moment with Lily. She's sitting at the bar. She's sad, and someone goes over. And she's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And she's like, "Uh." I'm going to try to find my dad because like this thing that you fished out of my ex-boyfriend's like weird drug house book bag thing. Uh, it's the part of my shell and the only thing like that I can find my dad and I, no one knows who the dad is because apparently in dragon form they don't know anything and th- I, this storyline never concludes. It is just apparently dragons just mate and Maleficent has no idea who the father is so she's going on an epic journey. A hero's journey to find her father. Do we actually find out? I don't think we do. I don't think. Th- I think this is the end of both of those storylines. Just done. So they just abandoned it. Just cut. It. it just ends. It just ends. Hmm. I think because I mean, we talked about it through season five of being like, do you think Lily's going to show up? Like we kept speculating Lily was going to keep showing up and Lily never shows up. I think this is the last time we see Lily. I mean, I think. watching it in retrospect, I mean, the actress is fine, but she's not the most dynamic performer. Like, this is not a Zelina. Like, no, this, no. You know, it, a Zelina type actress, I think, could have brought more to the role and and given it more of a an oomph to kind of justify a continued presence into season five. But I think maybe they just kind of were like, mm, yeah, do we really need to do we really need to continue this? Like, not really worth it. Now, you got to do like a she had like and again, this is, is nothing on her. Like, it's just the way she was portrayed, like. In Storybrooke, you have to be the biggest character because you're playing against a bunch of other humongous characters and you have to be able to take up space. And Lily's character just doesn't really take up space. She was a good story, but like 
there was nothing to continue on there. Anyway, she goes to do that. But but meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, uh, Rumble wakes up having a heart attack in his. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry. He's having a heart attack in his shop. Isaac makes a run for it, but is immediately stopped. We'll just get this out of the way. Is immediately stopped by Charming and Snow. And they have this like really like weird moment of just being like, why did you do it? Why did you set us on the path? I do like this phrasing. Why did you set us on the path? As opposed to why did you make us? Mm-hmm. It, it, it gets so close to taking some accountability. It's so close. But just not, not quite there. We're not quite it, there. It is funny. Uh, Snow at one point does say we are sorry, but they're apologizing to Hook for something yeah. that was actually completely outside of their control. Yeah. But it's the closest we get to them apologizing. They, they know the words. We're proud of them. Yes. We, we just need to learn how to, to direct them correctly. Lily's right there. Literally, you just had yeah. to turn 20 degrees and shout it a little louder. Great. Uh, and yeah, Isaac gives some weird excuse to why he did what he did. And it was like, because I'm mad about who you represent. Heroes. You know, like my veteran boss who was working as a TV salesman thought he was so great. Really? That's the bone you you're drawing up to pick on are you kidding me that guy i i feel like he didn't even need to mention that like he didn't the boss didn't need to matter the boss was a symbol yeah the boss was a a representation of a much larger picture for isaac as a person and i much preferred him being that as opposed to like some villain origin unless isaac was just like grasping at straws but he didn't need to like Charming, like he he could have literally ended it at, it's what you represent, heroes, the thing that society never let me be. Yeah, I could never be the hero of my own story. I was a bystander, and I got sick of it. Yeah, I I, I was stuck that. watching as all of you got to do things and be heroes, and I got tired of it. Yeah, like that's that's all it needed to be. It needed to be you were center stage, I was in the audience, and I didn't yes. Want to be. I didn't That's want really to be good. I just, I, yeah. And, and, but instead we get that weird thing about his boss. I hate it. Which again, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure how much I understand of what Isaac understands about current, the current climate of the universe uh, in the world. But, you know, being mad at veterans of a war who were labeled the silent generation <laughs> because they were basically forgotten about once they came back. Right. Like, I I don't know if those are the people we should be being like, yeah, we should bring all those guys down. <laughs> Screw those guys. Anyway, <laughs> not the point. So we got that scene. Uh, Regina and uh, Robin Hood are out in their moonlight walk. Big quotation oh, marks. Henry also chats with the apprentice uh, yes, about, because he, about his grand yes. destiny. He wants to know if he can bring his dad back. The apprentice says, no, you cannot bring people back from the dead. Um. It's like, we, we, we would love to. That'd be super swell, but we cannot. And he's just like, you you have this great power. With great power comes great responsibility. And Henry says, no one should have this power. <laughs> like, this is, it's too much. It's too much of a power, which is fair. It's a very fair, it's also a very, like, child. Like, it's the innocence of a child to be like, this no one should be this strong, like, with what Henry's seen. And so he breaks it. He's like, nope. 
No, but it, I find it kind of ironic that the apprentice is saying we honor them by telling their stories. And Henry's like, nah. Yeah. And then he goes, you're the right person for the job. Like, how how does the, this? Con- I, I get the symbolism of it. And I do also agree that it is not a power someone should be able to wield. But isn't the whole point of the author to tell the stories? Who's going to tell the stories now? Yeah. Are they not going to get told? I I I. There needs to be a different whatever that I do. I'm, I am upset that it came out before Coco uh, because this would be the perfect segue mm. into that because that is the entirety of Coco. Like mm-hmm. it's a, you know, remembering because believe me, when he said that, when he was just like, you know, uh, we honor them by telling their stories, tears flooding my eyes. Like it's such a, like that's a real, that's a, that's a very real sentiment. And yeah. But then it's immediately followed up by the weird, like, movie college scene. I don't want to take your test, rips it up. You just got an A. (laughs) That was the test. That's exactly what just happened. It was like this great moment followed by this weird moment. (laughs) Just okay. And and I, I mean, narratively, I also understand why Henry breaks the pen. Because they don't want him spending the entire season just writing in a book all the time. Like, he's not Jughead on Riverdale. Like, we need him to be doing other things hey listen i know you talked about like recapping riverdale i heard someone tell me like three things that happened in the finale of riverdale and i genuinely thought they were talking about a different show and they wouldn't know that happened in riverdale and i went i'm not sure i know what riverdale is abby i no one knows what riverdale is all i know the people in riverdale don't know what riverdale is. all i beth all i know about it is the weird way that apparently that it ended or some things about how it ended that don't make any sense to what I've seen in like, I know I've saw like a little bit of the first season and then I saw Sam Witwer jump out a window. So I don't know <laughs> what this show is. Anyway, talking about we don't know what's going on, Belle bursts into the gift shop or the pawn shop and is just like, hey, I'm here to make sure you don't hurt anybody else. Oh, you're dying. Um, hmm. I guess I, I should have led with you piece of shit. Uh, damn, I didn't lead with the right things goes ruins the the party at granny's is like hey rumple's dying he says that the dark one is gonna be bad (laughs) apparently not great we need to go save him so they all go they like just immediately like the the apprentice is like oh we'll just get the hat and the hat will take the darkness like this was such a like a quick bait like just be like here we go it's like why didn't we do this from the beginning well they couldn't because they didn't have the apprentice Fair. And also the apprentice says like there he basically says it's like a coin toss. This is a 50-50 chance if it's going to work. If the the hat may or may not be able to hold the darkness because the hat comes from the sorcerer and the sorcerer is the only one who can battle the darkness is kind of what he tells on his well, deathbed because he dies in this episode. So there's two things happening right now, right? The he's taking mm. the darkness from Rumple. But yes. the darkness is not the curse. The darkness is the bad stuff that Rumple did in his heart. But then the curse leaves him. So the curse doesn't escape, right? The the darkness. No, he pulls, he, he, Rumpel is no longer the dark one. He pulls the darkness from Rumpel's heart. It's not just the bad deeds. He pulls. Well, he pulls everything. He pulls everything from his heart. It's. Yeah, he pulls everything. That's why it's, it's, it's a white heart. It's a blank slate. It's, it's got nothing left. It looks like a fossil. It's like a weird fossil thing. Like, I'm wondering how they were able to put it back, but it, don't worry. He's frozen now. This, this, this may be very specific, but it looks like what happens when you suck all the candy coating off a nerd. 
Uh, <laughs> or a Skittle. You just get... Well, no, Skittles don't go clear, but nerds do. At least I remember they do. Like, you suck off the counter, and then there's, like, this little clear... It's just a sugar crystal. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but, so, like, the way I understood it was we sucked out the darkness, but that meant then the curse wouldn't live in him, so the curse left. So, like, two things happened at once. No, they pulled the darkness, the dark curse, into the hat. Because okay. the idea was that the, the hat could maybe contain the darkness. Okay. Because I was... so, under- yeah. Okay, because I was understanding that the darkness and the curse were two different things. No. No, okay. they're, they're, they are one and the same. We are entering a new phase of mythos for the darkness. Okay. We're going to get all into that I'm going to take five. so many notes for this darkness because I don't remember understanding it the first time. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't either. I, in fact, I may very well be wrong. Oh, so who cares? I, so the I darkness gets confidence. away. I speak with confidence. The curse gets away and leaves. And again... Uh, Emma, ever the caretaker, is making sure that everyone, she's like, you guys go chase that. We're going to stay here. What I do like is that, like, the, it tries to go into the apprentice, but then it's just like, oh, that's not going to work, and leaves. So they, like, push the apprentice up on a, like, a stool. And they're I mean, like, he's dying. He's, yeah, like, he, dying. He dies, right? I don't think he dies. He I think die? he's, I think he's still around for what I'm remembering of season five, clear hearted rumple. Like, I think he's there for, like, the jousting lessons or whatever is happening in season five. Um, cause again, I, the moment I saw that clear heart, all of this stuff about season five opened up in my brain and I went, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm like 90% sure the apprentice is there for some of that helping Belle, but I also think he's not at his full capacity. Like, I think she's like nursing two grown men back to health. If I'm remembering correctly. Just give Belle some alone time. Belle, there needs to be like an at-home nurse or something that they can like hire to help Anyway, so the curse takes off. Emma asks the apprentice, how do we do, how do we fix this? And he's like, there, I was so worried it was going to be one of those weird, he dies before he tells him, he's like, there's a person, you must find him and he will stop it. And she's like, okay, where, how, what? And he's like, it's Merlin. You must find him. And it's like, Merlin. But it doesn't dun dun as much as it should, the way he says it. Like, it's like, it's Merlin. And Emma's just like looking around like. This guy just say Merlin? Like the Merlin? All right. Emma Snow and Charming do the world's worst job of tracking the curse. They cannot find it uh, because it's left. And then they all end up in the center of town. And this is when the cinematicness of everything. I wish there would have been more. I wish there would have been more with the darkness enveloping them. And it Creeping wasn't in. as much as I thought it would have been. Yeah. Because like, she, lit, Emma, literally says it's surrounding us and closing in. It's just dark outside. Like, yeah, I was I don't waiting. Know how Emma can sense it. Her spite. Her light. Her light. Uh, she's the light one. She's she the can, light one. I'm the light one. No one says this. Uh, and, and yeah, the sor- and the apprentice told them that the sorcerer originally battled the darkness by trapping it, basically like dooming a human and trapping the darkness inside a human and controlling it with a dagger, which sounds really horrible if you really think about it, but. We're again, go to the many, that. good for, go to the many, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. But needs again, of the many. <laughs> yeah. So the needs of the many. Yes. So the darkness is enveloping them. They're trying to find it. The name has come off the dagger and it's just now just like a cool ornate dagger. I do love that every time all of them hold it, they have to like put their finger under the tip of it. Like they're just like, I will hold it like this. Yeah. With such reverence. It's uh regina and robin show back up they're like hey what happened matting down their hair just oh look get that and they're like oh well so the dark one curse is loose no big deal 
and it immediately uh, latches itself to Regina. Mm-hmm. And it's there's the scene. The scene isn't really that long. It's barely anything, but it does seem like it goes on for a while, but like in a good way, I guess I'll yeah. put it. It's surrounding Regina and it seems like it's uncomfortable for her. Like it doesn't seem like it's, it doesn't seem like a wind tunnel situation, which is what it looks like. It looks more like she's fighting with something mentally and it's like enclosing on her and surrounding her and they're all trying to figure out what to do. Robin makes a run for it and gets like karate chopped back, which I thought was a funny, like the way he <laughs> fell was kind of interesting. And Emma decides that this, she can't, she can't let Regina do this. Regina has come too far to let the darkness take her again. She's been dark once. She, she can't, she can't, she's made her redemption arc has gone too far. We're not letting it regress. We cannot keep writing the storyline. So Emma says no. <laughs> so Emma attacks and sticks her whole hand in the Dark One curse. It starts enveloping her arm. Like, she, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to f- back up one step because she then tells Hook that she loves him. And I was convinced that one of them was, like, I thought Emma was going to die in that exact moment. I was like, well, it's nice knowing her. Bye. See you later. I mean, when I first watched it. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You know, I, but she stops the, puts her hand in the curse. The curse comes off Regina envelops emma in in a uh, again we all have our opinions about season five this scene still rules it does everything about this the way emma's standing the outfit she's wearing the thing it's just enveloping her she's like in this weird like disco pose but it works and it's just taking her and she's like looks up and there's like this very like horror movie moment where like the hair is across her face and her eye is looking through and she's just looking out at the people she loves until it tornadoes her away (laughs) i came in a cyclone (laughs) <laughs> and that's a dark cyclone a dark cyclone oh my god i came in a dark cyclone and and with that emma has disappeared but lying on the ground is the dagger with the name emma swan dun, 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 dun. Dun. implicating the fact that rumpelstiltskin does not have in fact a last name or it just wouldn't fit on the dagger yeah i think it just didn't fit rumpel's a pretty long name and that, everybody, was season four, episodes 22 and 23, Operation Mongoose, which is a success because Regina got her man and Emma turned dark. Everybody wins. We win. Yay. I do like the, there is a moment that's nice where, where Regina says, my happy ending isn't a man. And Emma's like, no, 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 that's fine. But I mean, you know, you can still go get it, girl. Like, I just, yeah, there's other things, but like, he's part of it. Like he, you don't need it, but yeah. sure would be nice. Yeah, you don't you don't need the D, but if you want the D, go get the D. You do what you need to do. We just I just know that you find him smoochable. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think we've pretty much said everything there needs to be said. This is a a fun episode. It's got it's it's got its goofiness, it's got its plot holes, as one spot in time is wont to do. Um, but watching this, like I it makes me remember why we were so hyped for season yeah. five. Why so much of the Once Upon a Time fandom was hyped for season five. The reason you and I got so hyped, like you got so hyped, you pulled me into making a podcast. Yep. The hype birthed a podcast. So the Dark Swan storyline is many things, but it is great because this exists simply because of Dark Swan. 
Yes. And and much like with Peter Pan, I am curious to watch this again and see if I appreciate it differently. So I, I'm also interested, but mostly because like I was doing my research on some of this stuff today uh, and I, I got into like fan spaces and yeah, uh, Peter Pan's kind of divisive, just like Frozen was very divisive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Dark Swan was as divisive as those. I think it's, I think a lot of this second season, this fifth season was universally not taken great. Mm. I so I don't know if we're going to be able to come to the same admiration. I think we might appreciate it in a different way. Coming, that's back what at I'm it. wondering. I don't think we're going to like have turn a corner like we did with Peter Pan. But I do, I do wonder if the Nimue and the Merlin stuff, if that kind of may hit a little bit differently. And I, I kind of want to see how I feel about Emma's performance now that I don't have such hyped expectations about what it will be. That's interesting. I mean, I think I'm still going to be mad about the hair. I'm never going to not be mad about the hair choice that they decided to go with. Oh, yeah. The, the powdered wig. The powdered wig in a very tight ballerina bun. Um, I remember even when the promo shot came out, everyone kind of went, oh, yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a helmet. Yeah. Um, but the Targaryen quaff, this is not, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that we get to watch. And like, I just remember one time when we were doing season five, like I would doodle in my notes sometimes. And I remember doodling a boar with a spider on the top. (laughs) the boar and the spider dark ones just taking over the world because again they they specifically say the sorcerer battled darkness and bound it to a human soul how did it get in a boar how did it get in a spider i have so many questions (laughs) does the dark curse not quite understand how chromosomes work well, hopefully these questions will be asked as we enter season five. Uh, before that, of course, we are going to do a season four retrospective and we're going to do a special Patreon episode uh, coming up ne- uh, coming up soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us for these first four seasons of Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Timing. We are now coming full circle. I'm very excited to 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 revisit the show and just kind of you know, look in the later seasons with fresh eyes, with a fr- with a, a a harried, harrowed perspective of I know it gets bad, but can I just enjoy it along the way more this time? I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm also just uh, the nostalgia factor is kicking in for not only the sh- season itself, but like for the podcast of mm-hmm. you know where we were, but like also the retrospective of these first four seasons. Like this was a hey. You know what show sucks? The show that we're currently podcasting about. You know what also sucks? The world and COVID. You know what doesn't suck? The old podcast we did. We should go back and do the seasons or the episodes we didn't do. <laughs> do you think anyone will listen? And the answer was a resounding yes. And we, it's been like two years. I think it's mm-hmm. been two years since we, we brought... Oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> yes, yes. I... Hey, yes. It's... It seems so strange. We lost so much in time. Like I'm, I'm marking time by these episodes. Like <laughs> I have no idea what year it is, but I know what episode of podcasting we're on. Right. Well, everybody, um, if you have not at this point subscribed to us, please do so uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can support us on Patreon, as I mentioned, our wonderful patrons earlier uh, at patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. 
And we're going to be back next week with a season four recap. And then the week after that, we are going to be coming with season five, The Dark Swan. Because I want, I The Dark Swan rises. I want to scream, but I have a sleeping baby dragon. So just imagine me just hooting and hollering and stomping my feet. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. Thank you.